Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay. Okay, we're back live here on our big broadcast. We have got a great guest joining us this week here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. The BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA, buildgrownandjoy.com. We have got a great, great guest with us today. He joins us live, and he has got a fabulous book. We've talked to him in the past, but I wanted to have a uh, really in-depth conversation with a guy who has got a fantastic book. It's John Coons. He's with us today here on our broadcast. They call me Ishmael. That is the latest from him. And he joins us here on our big program. So, John, your book has been doing quite amazing. Tell me a little bit about how the book's been doing, my friend. Thanks, James. Thanks to have. Thanks for having me. Um, the book's doing well. I think it's come out at exactly the right time because, as you know, uh, we're on the front lines here, uh, vis-a-vis China here in the South Pacific, but. What's happened with Russia uh, in the Ukraine is, I think, pretty much a prediction of what's going to happen here. And all of a sudden, people are paying not only a lot more attention to what's going on in the Ukraine, but looking around the world and saying, where else can it happen? And the real place it's going to happen in even a more serious way is, of course, right here in the South Pacific vis-a-vis China. John D. Coons with us today. He joins us live here. On our big broadcast, they call me Ishmael. It is the latest from him, and it's doing quite well in Amazon, and you can buy that book. It is fantastic. So tell me a little bit about why you decided to write this book, because this is an incredible story. Well, uh, first of all, the book takes place in an island in the South Pacific called Bougainville. It's part of the Solomon Islands geographically, but... Politically, uh, Bougainville belongs, at least for now, to Papua New Guinea. And Bougainville is the home of uh, one of the largest deposits of copper and gold in the world. And that deposit was mined. uh, The mine is called the Panguna Mine. And it was developed by Rio Tinto and mined from 1972 to 1989. But... uh, the greedy pigs over in the government in Papua New Guinea were taking most of the money. The Bougainvillians grew to resent it because they were uh, undergoing all the pressures of mining and so forth. So a civil war erupted over this mine. It was, at the time, the largest copper and gold mine in the world, so it made quite a lot of news. The, not, the mine has never been reopened, and the civil war was fought by an organization in Bougainville called the Bougainville Revolutionary Army against the Papua New Guinea Defense Force. And a young man who joined the BRA, as it was called, Bougainville Revolutionary Army, was named Ishmael. He quickly became 
uh, the leader of that guerrilla brigade, and essentially over the next 11 years fought off a much more uh, well-armed, well-fed PNG defense force and achieved a peace in 2001. He then became essentially like the Texas sheriff of Bougainville, kind of keeping the peace and keeping everybody under control. Bougainville became a, a special zone of Papua New Guinea, an autonomous region, with their own legislature and their own constitution. And then Ishmael decided to run for president, and uh, my company and I backed him, and he is now the president of Bougainville, and Bougainville won the right in the war to vote for independence in 2019. 98% of the people voted for independence. So Ishmael, who was once a 20-year-old revolutionary in this uh, guerrilla military is now the president of what what will be the newest nation on earth, and that's what the book is all about. So you were able to help this guy get uh, pretty far as far as being the uh, far as being the man out there. Talk to me about some of the different things that you did uh, that you kind of helped him along with the political process. Yeah, <laughs> the way I came to Bougainville, I, I arrived in Bougainville in the summer, August of 2015. And I was invited, James, by the chiefs here because they knew they had this independence referendum coming up in four years, but they didn't have a redeveloped economy. When Bougainville was uh, was going uh, full blast with Panguna Mine operating, they were the most uh, 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 profitable and, and well-fed province in Papua New Guinea. But the, the war changed all that, and they had to rebuild their economy. They reached out to me. I, I've been developing infrastructure in pretty far-off corners of the world for the last 40 years. They, they found me and actually sent an emissary to... To, to my office in downtown New York City, brought me over here, and I decided to help these people for three basic reasons. First of all, they're very fine people. They're deeply religious. There's no uh, ethnic or cultural strife on the island. They're, 80% of the people here are Catholic, and the other 20% are evangelical, and they'll walk a mile or two one way just to go to church on the weekend. Number one. Number two, the island has fabulous resources. The Panguna mine still has ore worth north of $100 billion. I didn't say million, $100 billion today. And then lastly, bottom line is the people asked me to help. When I looked around and said, okay, how can I help these people? What, what I found, the best thing to do was to ask them what I could do for them. And... Uh, my first business here was buying the gold that they were panning from the streams. There's gold in every stream in central Bougainville. It's, it's, it's really Treasure Island. And I started buying their gold because otherwise there was no well-equipped company with assay equipment and also no well-financed buyers. So they were getting cheated 
So I set up what now is the largest gold dealer in the island. The next thing the chiefs asked me to do is redevelop some of their resources that had been scuttled in the war. So, for example, there's no electricity here in Bougainville, but there was a hydroelectric system uh, that, that had just been, just been about to be put in commission when the war started. Now, I know a lot, actually, about hydro. Uh, I've probably built 50 hydro plants around the world. So I said, okay, we could use these uh, damaged but still repairable hydro assets to make a new electric utility. So it's those kinds of things that I, that I was doing when Ishmael came to me in 2018 and he said, John, I think we both have a problem. I said, what's that? He said, it's called China Creek. And uh, he said, you know, the independence referendum is coming up, and right after that is the new presidential election. And the Chinese are backing a couple of candidates with lots of money. They're going to bribe all the chiefs and all the uh, political officials. And if the Chinese take over Bougainville, I don't want to be here, and your business is going to be ruined, and, and they're going to kiss you goodbye, too. So we decided to work together, James, and that's how it all started. So you've been able to uh, to beat back, basically, uh, a pending invasion uh, without really having to, you know, kill anybody. <laughs> you did it all. You did it all yeah. politically. I think that's fantastic. Well, you know, I can't really take the majority of the credit, James, that would be all due to Ishmael. And I can't emphasize to you and your audience enough, this man is an absolute miracle. Uh, if you go around these South Pacific nations, unfortunately, uh, corruption is the mode of the day. A lot of people run for political office just so they can take money and skim money from projects and, you know, money that would be going to library books they're putting in their bank account instead. Ishmael is completely different. First of all, he's highly intelligent. His parents were Christian missionaries in the United Church of Christ. Uh, so he got a great education, not only with respect to religion and morals from them, but also uh, he's highly uh, uh, intellectual and very well-read, but he is, James, absolutely incorruptible. And what we've got to do is help him achieve uh, another miracle, which will be to harness these resources in Bougainville so that Bougainville can be a beacon of peace and hope here in the South Pacific and, and represent the best aspects of democracy to people who are otherwise going to be, I'm afraid, taken in and taken over by China. We have got John D. Coons with us today. They call me Ishmael. It is the greatest book you're going to read this month. It is fantastic. And uh, John joins us today here on the telephone talking a little bit about this incredible book. So where do you see uh, this book headed? Are you planning a second book? or what, 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 are, what are some of your goals for this book? 
Right. Okay, well, first of all, uh, this is the fourth novel I published. Uh, the first one was called China Fortunes. It was about uh, somebody doing uh, business in the hydroelectric business in China, which, which, which I did for 10 years. The next book was something uh, that happened uh, to me in uh, South Florida. Uh, the next book was called uh, South of the Clouds. It, it was about smuggling jade over the Sino-Burmese border. And believe it or not, that, that was something I was a little exposed to because I had a silicon smelter in the southwest corner of China. And then when I came to Bougainville, of course, uh, I decided to write, they call me Ishmael. And my thought, James, for they call me Ishmael is, first of all, of course, it's fiction. It's based on true events, but it's fiction. But it's a story that I think Hollywood could get behind. It's, it's up to Hollywood. I don't, I don't pretend to know what makes people tick out. But this is the story of a black man who arose from humble beginnings, who had a dream for his country. And at first, uh, that required going to war. Uh, he excelled in that and was a, a great military leader. Then he became, as I said earlier, the sheriff. He had to control crime on the island pretty much by himself because of the circumstances involved. And then he decided he couldn't leave politics to the politicians in Bougainville, and he had to run for president. And along comes a white man, namely myself. In, in the book, my name is Jack Davis, but like I say, it's pretty much a, what they call a roman, a clef. It's, it's, a, it's a novel about actual people and events. The names are obviously disguised. But I, I came into this island from completely different circumstances. But the funny thing that happened is Ishmael and I both realized we had the same goals. We, we, we wanted Bougainville to be an outstanding democracy and, and supported by an outstanding economy. And we knew that that required hard work, but an absence of graft and corruption. And I think it's a story that, uh, especially these days, Hollywood could get around. I, I think my impression of Hollywood is they're always kind of scrambling for a plot outline or a story that, that has some uh, sizzle to it, and I think this one does. So uh, I'm not sure where it'll go. It's up to those guys. Could I write a sequel? Well, James, events are unfolding here <laughs> by the day, and so... Uh, I'm not sure what my next novel will be, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's it's uh, kind of a follow-up to They Call Me Ishmael. Well, I'll tell you, the book is fantastic. John D. Coons with us today. They Call Me Ishmael. He joins us this week here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. So when you started putting this book together, uh, what, did, what did you do? Did you use notes? Did you, did you have an outline? How, how, how did you put this book together? Okay. Well, well, as you know, James, I'm sure you interview a lot of people like me. Um, every every author uh, does his work and then pursues his craft differently. 
my my style is first of all, a lot of people get a bottle of whiskey and, and ride late at night. I'm the opposite of that. Uh, it's it's five o'clock in the morning here, and I usually get up around this time. And I try and do Jack London's one thousand words a day. You know, Mister London. Uh, when he was a young man, he said, you know, if I can just write a thousand words a day, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be successful. And I agree with that. It's, it's, it's great to be able to get up and have something to write about every day. It, it's not always easy, but what I do is I write with a computer. I don't write uh, by hand. I write with a computer. I'll write my thousand words a day. That takes me somewhere between, you know, I, I, I take a shower and do my exercises. Start at about 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning, and I'm out of gas by about 11. Now, half of that work is actually editing the thousand words I wrote the day before. So I'll polish those words, uh, throw something out, uh, add something, and then I'll write an incremental thousand, and then the next thing happens the next day. I don't write from an outline. I basically just get an idea, start writing about it, and sometimes it just ends up, James, as a short story. But in this case, there was clearly enough material for a novel. So I started writing this book, I'm going to say, two years ago. And that's pretty typical for me. I've, I've been writing for... Well, I started writing about uh, 14 years ago, about 2008, and I've been at it ever since. So how does this book compare to some of the other books you've written in the past? I think any time a novelist can write about war, it's something that's very intriguing. And the first half of this book is just that. It's a novel about war. This this was a brutal civil war. I'm not going to give anything away to your audience. They, they should read the book and enjoy it for themselves. But uh, anytime you get to write about war, it's, it's like being, you know, being president in a, in a wartime era. It's, it's usually more interesting than being president in peacetime. Uh, the, the, the second thing is that You know, running for political office from the outside, James, it's, it's not that interesting, you know. However, when you're involved in it, all the intrigue and everything, it makes for uh, a fantastic story, especially here in the South Pacific. What everybody told me when, when we were working on Ishmael's campaign was that you guys are going to lose because you're not going to pay anybody off. You're not, you're not going to pursue this election through graft and corruption. Someone's going to steal it from you. And James, <laughs> they sure tried, okay? So, so that, that part of the book is, is also, I thought, very interesting. And I've, I've tried to make that interesting for the readers. Hopefully I've succeeded. It is John D. Coons. They call me Ishmael. He joins us this week here on our big program. So, John, as we wrap up here with you, my friend, how do we get in touch with you online, social media, the websites, all these things? 
Well, uh, you already said it, James. Uh, if somebody's interested in the book, you can buy it from your favorite bookstore. Uh, it's published by Post Hill Press, or, of course, you can order it from Amazon. Um, people can uh, go to my website, which is John D. Coons, J-O-H-N-D-K-U-H-N-S, at gmail.com. Uh, I'm sorry, www.johndcoons.com. Or you can write me at John Coons Author, J-O-H-N-K-U-H-N-S, Author, A-U-T-H-O-R-E, at gmail.com. And I really appreciate the opportunity, James. It's always good to talk with you. And I hope your readers will enjoy the book if they go out and decide to get a copy. Definitely. Definitely. Well, John, thanks for doing this, brother, and I will talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful day. You too, James. Always good to be with you. Thank you, my friend. There he goes, the great John D. Coons. We got more coming up next week here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.